This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hi Blue fans, Marlon King here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, your host, John Graham. Once again, many thanks for taking the time to download this pod. And as ever, please make sure you subscribe to whatever channel you are either viewing or listening to this content and never miss a a future episode. Obviously, lots going on at St. Andrews at the moment. Unfortunately, we can't be there. But uh, I think that will hopefully at the start of next season, we'll be back. Uh, But between now and then, then we'll always keep you up to date with, uh, I guess, recent events and current events at the club. And also um, had so many fantastic guests over the last sort of two or three months. And today is no exception. Uh, but before we get into that, Tom, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you, mate. You? Yeah, very well, very well. Missing it a little bit, I have to say. I got a bit of uh, withdrawal symptoms. Um, so I'm hopefully that uh, Lee's got them training pretty hard as we speak. Um, so, so today's pod's a little bit different. Um, we've got a, a fantastic guest Um from Blues for All, who do literally just the most amazing work um, on behalf of, I guess, all of us that, that love this club. Uh, and I think now is the time, with what's been happening, uh, I guess, in the, in the broader game, but certainly we mentioned on a pod a couple of days ago, just around, you know, what's been going on with you, Bellingham, on, on social media, and how that, I think, we as a, as a, as a collective that we need to fight against that type of abuse. Um, and we're incredibly lucky that we've got um, just, just a, a, a group of people that I think are just doing the, the, the most amazing work on behalf of all of us. So, uh, so Bick, how are you, mate? Lovely to, uh, lovely to see you. Oh, thanks, John. I'm just getting over that introduction, so thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, thanks, Tom, as well. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, international break gives us a bit of a breather. So yeah. I think the uh, the pressures of, you know, the, the, when you're coming up to the weekend and your team's about, the Blues are about to play, you know, we're all nervy. So uh, it's just nice to be able to then focus uh, on, on international games and also we've got a bit of a obviously with Jude playing as well we've got that renewed interest as well so yeah, uh, that's definitely nice. that's yeah. definitely well, was, yeah I, I, I think I think we, with Jude we'll, we'll, we'll definitely I think we'll touch on that um there's a there's a couple of things on Jude and 
Yeah. I guess quite a few players down the years at Blues that have been certainly part of my life and my sort of sort of growing through the, the generations of watching Blues. But really, I, we, we're not going to treat this any differently. You know, you're a guest of the pod. So um, I, I think that it'd be really interesting to get your journey. So, yeah. you know, just from a... When did you start watching Blues? Why was it Blues? And uh, why you still continue to support Blues like the rest of us? Um, how do I start this then? So uh, my first Blues game was in 1993. So I, okay. I seen the first game I watched was Bristol City and we lost 1-0. Trevor, I always remember Trevor Matheson playing centre-half and, and the kid from Bristol City just gave him a tired time. We ended up losing, um, but... I just wanted to see a win. You know what? I actually wanted to see a win. So I ended up uh, convincing my dad to take me to a night game. And that was the next level then. So this was the Bristol City game was a Saturday afternoon kickoff. But then I went to a night game, which was a different beast altogether. And we played Sunderland. And we didn't even get a kick in that game, but we won. We uh, we got a, like a late winner. I Paul Pesca's lead. Our cross came over. Um, and he's got the, he's got on the end of it. It's hit the, the crossbar, bounced back down, and then he's just headed it back in. We ended up winning 1-0 and the, that that feeling, the, the euphoria that just, it got me and that drug is just, I, I, I don't know, it's, that's never left me, it's never left me um, and why I support Blues, uh, my dad, so all my family, um, they, they were, they lived on St Andrews Road, um, so when they, growing up they became Blues fans, they went to St Andrews School, um, my dad, he was, um, I think he was like one of the first mem Asian members of the um, Birmingham City Supporters group at the time, the, the, the very original group, the okay. group they had. Yeah. Yeah. So he knew all the players around that time, a lot of the main fans uh, went to home and away games. And growing up, um, it was just we're a Blues household. So we didn't have that option of supporting another team. We was always gonna be blues fans but the difference for us was we actually uh, you know like my my dad he took me to games so i went to the games with him um my dad's typical he used to work yeah. two jobs overtime but he always made sure he was free for midweek games and night as midweek games and uh, the weekend games but um yeah we just i think why i still support the team is just because it's it's you can't answer that kind of question because you just have to be there. We're part of something really special, and I think yeah, and we're different. We 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 as as a fan base, as what we've got together, that's just something else. And and people can follow their various teams, but when you talk to people who've been at a game and they've experienced how we are on our passion and the, the energy level we've got. They, they know, they just know. I've, I mean, I've got family all over the country. They follow their teams, like from Leeds, Southampton, Portsmouth, and, and you know, Cardiff as well. But they say, you know, when, when it's, when you're away support, he goes, when you're away, your away supporters come to our place, because we know you've arrived. He goes, you know, you don't stop singing. It's just something different. Yeah. And I can't, I will not be able to find, I can't articulate it, but we're just, that, that feeling and that connection we have um, and you only get that when when you're part of it so when you do go to the games and you're together and we we support the blues and and you know we don't support a we're not we're, we're not yeah. exactly a glory team as well we're not a glory hunting fan base we're not glory <laughs> right so sometimes like people would think if you've got a choice <laughs> of who you're going to choose 
we for us it's if you support a team like Man U or Chelsea or Liverpool or even Arsenal to that extent, you'll win a game and that's it. You won the game and then you you lose a game and you 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 lose it. I think with us it's different. When we win a game, that affects our whole weekend, our whole week, the, how we feel and everything. Yeah. And we those moments are precious. Which you know we we um that we cherish them. We cherish them, and and that that makes the whole few days better until your next game. And I think like with Man U or something or Liverpool, oh we got not we got semi final or the Champions League and we lost, but oh well there's next year. So I think when for, for us as well, like the 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 success that we've had, and it's not it's not a lot of success, but the the success we have had, you know that's going to stay with us forever, and and it's even more special, it's magnified. So I think that's it. I think the only. I think being a Blues fan, I mean, we just know we're, we're not going to win every week, but it's just that 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 feeling we get when we're part of that, when we're part of that group and when the game starts, we get behind the team. It's something different. We're 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 completely different to your, your your typical football fan base, and and that's one thing I'm very proud of, and and I'm so glad. I'm so glad, you know, like um, I'm born I was born a Blues fan because I wouldn't yeah. want to be anything else, mate. That's it. So that's that's my answer there. If that's any good. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that um, yeah, over the last sort of two or three months since since we've been sort of lucky enough to to, to host the pod, I've said a few times that it, it, it's more to it than just a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night. It, 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 and when I say, I think Christ, I sound like a like a bloody deranged old man, but it, there is something there that. There is so many different facets to being a supporter of Blues and so many things that, you know, mean a lot to me, whether that's, you know, just go like you, like we were talking before you, before we went on, uh, we started recording, you know, just that feeling being in the ground. I mean, I have missed that oh, so much. And yeah. I've had some absolutely horrific times at that ground. I was there when we <laughs> lost to Kiddy. I was I was there when we when we got gubbed eight by Bournemouth. I was there when Barnsley yeah. beat us. I've been there yeah. <laughs> in the worst times. But yeah. I, again, I just I just can't wait to get back. Um, and and I think ever since I've I've been following Blues, and I said said to you too earlier since sort of nineteen seventy nine, sort of showing my age a little bit. I, you know, it's always been such a diverse population of fans. You know, I've never really seen anything other than what we've got. And because it's like, I think it, it feels like the norm. But when then you go somewhere else, it's obvious that it isn't. That's not, no. and, and so, you know, I, I think, as I said in, in the intro, it's something that I personally am massively proud of. And I think that's a really, really good sort of, segue into obviously the work that you guys do at blues for all so just how how did that start and you know what was the motivation and yeah um it's weird really um there was a a staff member sarah gold who used to work at the club yeah and um she came in one day into the into the into the office and she just said why don't we get that many asian supporters here she asked the question she was, and she asked some of the asian uh, members of staff uh, in the office and um, she then just said you know let's set up a focus group she said let's set up a focus group get some of the Asian supporters get them to the uh, get them to the ground and let's find out she'll set up a meeting and let's 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 find out from let's ask them the question just what as a club can we do to connect with the, um, the local community because 
obviously small heath, it's predominantly Asian-based yeah. population. Um, and she's thinking, you know, we don't get many kids coming as well. And the club, I mean, I don't know how many people know this, but the club always send out tickets to the schools, you know, complimentaries to get the kids to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the uptake's been really low. The, the uptake is, you know, back then was low. And they wanted to improve that. And thought, what can we do? You know, can we send out a community liaison officer? Can we really connect with people? Do we need to see some grassroots? So they thought, well, let's just ask. Let's find out. So um, they set up a, a uh, like a focus group. Uh, we got invited. We're like season ticket holders. So we're on the database uh, on the list. So I think they profiled us by our names. Yeah. So they um, invited us. We had a meeting. There was another second meeting. And then by the third meeting... The guys in that, there was about 17 of them. They, they then decided, you know what? We're going to form a supporters club. Let's, let's form a supporters club. And let's let's see what we can do within our networks to improve yeah. the situation and what we can do. And can we bridge that gap yeah. for, you know, with the club, um, with its existing fan base and with people that potentially live locally, you know, Birmingham people. So so those conversations continued, but then they formed, a, the, the group actually formed a supporters club and one of the lads from the ticket office, he actually named Blues for All, Blues for All. So he, he come out with the name. So it was it was a, a guy called Tom from the ticket. He worked at the ticket office. He was in that meeting and he just he just come out with that term and said, oh, that's a good name. And everyone thought, yeah, that's a brilliant name. Let, let's stick with that. So my dad, who's Mickey Singh, um, he he got elected as chairman of the group. Yeah. And then he made me like club secretary. And then we ran for a year. We actually ran as a group. We ran. We, we turned up to all the support group meetings, um, but didn't really. I don't think we made that kind of. We didn't make a big impact in the first year. Yeah. I don't personally. I don't think we did. Um, but we turned up to the meetings. We liaised with lots of grassroots clubs, community groups. Asked them, "Have you been to? Have you, you know, have you been to a game? Have you been to blues matches before? Um, things like that." And just used our network. But then a year into it, so I'd say 20, 2016, yeah. um, we got introduced to um, Anwar Udin, who is the um, uh, Fans for Diversity campaigns manager. Okay. And Anwar, come, he travelled from London, come to Birmingham. He saw what our mission statement was, saw what our aims and objectives are. And he said, you know what, we, we can help you. And then with, with their support, with the campaign's guidance and support, yeah. we were able to then... Um, just, just gone another level. And then he gave us a lot more credibility as well when we were reaching out to, because we were then affiliated to the, they were called the football, um, so, so they're called the FSA now, but they were uh, they were under a different name before. And um, so they were Football Supports Federation before. Um, and we ended up becoming affiliated with them. And then things, things really started taking off. And then it was a case, it was a lot easier for us then to then start when we, when we, when we met up with a faith group and, and and initially i mean we want to promote birmingham city football club to everybody yeah and the other thing is we wanted to make sure if someone in birmingham asks any child um or their parent have you been to a, a, a blues game they can say yeah we have um we have been and that's our mission we want to make sure any kid any birmingham kid from any birmingham school has been to a game. So we really want to make sure they've had the opportunity because you're developing your future fan base. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, we're not naive. You might get um, you might get people who come to the one game because it's complimentaries and they've come and they've seen it. 
They've been, but yeah. you build, you build an affinity. And I've always said it, and I've been quoting on saying it as well before that you build an affinity, like a connection. Yeah. And you don't know that child another five, ten years when they're big enough, when they're old enough, and they want to go with their friends and they can go on their own. Now you've got community groups who stay away from football. Um, they've got like the misconceptions that all football um, supporters are hooligans. It's rough. They've still got. Um, Memories of what happened in the 70s. It's not too bad now. It's not too <laughs> bad. It's not too bad, is it? So we, we just... It's um, just games you got to avoid. We just, you know, so we... It's, you know, some of them haven't been to a game. So these, these are these are people's views. So then they ask me as well. They ask me, my dad, my members, how come you go? It must be really rough. Don't you, don't you get scared? But when they come, when they actually... When they, when they turn up to a game, so we arrange it with the club. We'll let the club know that... Look, we've got um, we've got an academy coming, or we've got the Maple Lions, the moms and dads, uh, a few of the kids. We've got the the, the Guru Gobind Singh Ji Sikh Temple. Uh, we've got um, the Green Lane Mosque. Some of their members are coming. They haven't been before, so then we arrange it so they say, okay, we can give you some complimentary tickets, and they'll come along. What then we then try and do is we introduce them to the ticket incentive scheme. So they've been once, they've enjoyed the experience. Um, to be honest, I mean, it's just if we win a game, that's even better. Yeah. Right? But it, it didn't used to happen very often, so we got a good trip, and they probably saw a, a draw or a defeat. But I mean, we'd they'd come, they had a great time, left, and they felt safe. You know what? They felt safe, and actually, what we try and do is make sure they don't feel like guests. You know, they feel like they belong, and it's part. You know that this is your your Birmingham people. You live in Birmingham. You know, this is your club. You should be support. You should be proud of the city. You should support our team, your local team. And you love football. You follow football. So there shouldn't be no barriers for you that, you know, apparently if there are barriers, we should get rid of those barriers that stop you from coming and supporting your local team. But we then try and communicate, talk to them and tell them that, look, there's not, um, just come and enjoy it. Enjoy the experience. See what it's like. See it for yourself. And I'll tell you what, the, the feedback we get, the amount of people that are surprised you, especially... The, the views they had to begin with to then afterwards, they can't believe the experience they've just had and what they've enjoyed. And it is it's very overwhelming for a person who drives past St. Andrews, never been in, but then when you come to a game and you don't, I don't mean you come in when the crowd's empty, you come in when there's like the, when it's pretty much full and yeah. you actually walk in and then you walk in through the, you know, you go through the turnstiles, you come in and then you're going to take your seats that 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 first you see the you see the look on their faces the first time is very very powerful, so people always remember what they did on their first game and things like that. So we just yeah. want to make sure it's enhanced, um, and I think we we just continued we just kept we kept doing that we kept doing that, um, and then through that we ended up we 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 won an award so we've been nominated a couple of times for a national award but we won it in twenty seventeen, and then that just raised the platform raised our bar. Um, it made our network bigger as well. And then we ended up getting sort of involved in the guide, the fans for diversity guidance group. So my yeah. dad became a member and um, like I'm an, I have an advisory role. So there's other groups now from other football clubs that want to replicate what we're doing. Yeah. So they want to know how do we set up? How do we form? Obviously we're in a privileged position that we've got an amazing fan base. You know, our supporters, I'll always say our supporters are amazing. Um, you know we're we're lucky we're we're blessed that you know we live we live in Birmingham 
and we have you know such a diverse community but there's clubs that um don't have it that easy with their fan base as well so it's yeah. really difficult for them um so you know we, we get approached by a lot of other uh groups that have just formed and we've been running for it'll be six years in july so we celebrate our sixth birthday okay um yeah I, that's do, massive do, do, do you know what i i think that and and tom made the point on um i think it was the last pod we did and, and the whole thing about sort of the symbolic gestures of taking a knee and all, all the stuff that, that, that sort of, um, I, I think this sort of occurred over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. But I think where, you know, a credit to you guys, as you said, you're nearly six years in, you know, you've identified something a while ago. Um, and, and I think that there'll be a lot of, lot of clubs and a lot of, um, I think, collectives around the country saying, we actually really need to do something here. Yeah. And, you know, whether that, that's going to stand the test of time, which is always the worry, yeah. but, you know, when you did it, it was off the back of, it's what, you know, it came from the, the right place. It was the right thing to do. And I think at the moment there's lots of people, and I hate to say it, jumping on a bit of a populist yeah. bandwagon without any real authenticity, because that, if we're going to make any changes... It's yeah, got to come from the right place. It can't just be about, Stop well, it. we need to do this now. Do, do, do you know reaction. what I mean? Yeah, just typically usually a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. So you need to you need to think, uh, you need a little bit of strategy, but you do need the support and yeah. you need to sort of get everyone involved. So. So, so just going back to that first focus group, why, why what came out of that? What, what was the sort of the, you know, why do we, we sort of, not, not just blues, but probably better than most, but... I think, as, as you rightly say, given where St Andrews is, yeah. then, you know, we're, we're probably massively undersubscribed in, in, the, in yeah. the local community. So, what, I mean, apart from the, as you say, you know, m- maybe a few concerns around safety. I mean, when you did the focus group, was it sort of something they'd never considered or they didn't even know we were there or what, what, what sort of came out of that? Well, so with the focus group, they were known fans that were already on the, the club's radar. So yeah. in, in a nice way, we were most of us were season ticket holders. Yeah. We've been going since probably the 70s. And my dad was um, possibly the oldest member in that in that group as well. And when we were there, um, it was just a case of the, the club just wanted to know what can we do? What can Birmingham City FC do to make things better? How can we connect? What can we do with um, how can we encourage more school children to attend games? What as a club should we be doing? Um, they, the club already had a ticket incentive scheme, which they were trying to promote as well at the same time. And what, I don't know if anyone, I mean, I, I can touch base on the ticket incentive scheme later, but it was just a, it was a, it's a very good scheme that helps um, like charity organisations, community groups to get tickets at a reduced price and then they get a rebate towards the money. Okay. So they get a rebate towards their club and it yeah. helps them. So if you've got a grassroots football team, you can get your, your young, the, the kids to buy those tickets. Um, and you can do group trips and it was a great way to try and get more people in the thing is the problem we have at St Andrews we're never full you know we've got a 30,000 capacity stadium and on a you know on a decent fixture when it's not Villa you're looking at 21,000 maybe is that would you agree you think with 21,000 yeah I'd, I'd say um, I think when we play probably other Midlands clubs you're yeah. looking between 21 and 23,000 yeah. Um 
but obviously with Villa it's sold out. But yeah. you know, those those other games, or if it's a significant fixture in the table, uh, then I'd I'd say the the highest it gets is twenty five thousand, but no more than that. But but you know you know um, I was listening to um, Talk Sport are doing these sort of yeah. um, um, sort of getting like icons of sport and mm-hmm. unbelievably Barry Fry was on. And, um, oh yeah, I saw you shared that. And, I, and, uh, I bookmarked it. <laughs> he, he said um, when he came to the club, and obviously, as I said, I've been going for a long, long, long yeah. time. And when we're talking about how many how many sort of people we get to home games, and yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, about about twenty thousand feels about right. But for years, on a certainly on a Tuesday or, or Wednesday night when we're at home, there was four thousand on. There was 4,000. I remember standing on the cup and there's 4,000 in. I was having this conversation with my nan yesterday, actually, you know, about how many fans there used to be down at Blues Games. And she referred to a Jasper Carrot joke um, when um, he's like, you know, when you used to talk to your mates down at the game, it'd be, Oi! Um, (laughs) Trying to speak over to him. So, um, yeah, but I mean... There's there's a few contrasts you can make even in recent years. I mean, you look on like the twenty kind of twenty thirteen twenty fourteen season under Lee Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd say average crowd was fourteen thousand maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then seventeen was it? So exactly, and like it was just down to uh, kind of this. I suppose the, it really went down after we got relegated. Um, and then obviously with the behind the scenes stuff, it all went a bit wrong. But then once we got half decent managers in, yeah, that just kind of connected with the club, um, in a sense, and we started playing better, then all of a sudden you're looking at 22,000 on average. Um, so it, it really, really does depend, depend on the mood of the club as well. So I suppose you've got to kind of compete with that yeah. a bit, really, when you're when you're promoting it to other yeah. people, you, you have to compete with the form that the side is in, but also in general, you're in a competitive market trying to kind of sell blues to people in a sense, because essentially, obviously we compete, you compete with the, the other lot over the road a bit um, with the whole of Birmingham, but the big six clubs in the premier league tend to take a lot of fans these days. So yeah. you kind of, I mean, I remember when I was back at primary school and everyone's like a Man United fan or a Chelsea fan or whatever. So, you know, you, it's it, it must be quite... You must feel very proud to kind of try and change that mindset for a lot of kids because it's it's probably the kids where you, you want to kind of yeah. in, get them into Blues because then they can get their future generations into it. It's And I'll be honest, it's so easy when, you, when they haven't been to a game before. So, for example, they've been... They've watched kids as, oh, I, I like um, this player or that player or he's my favourite player or I like Mo Salah or and they follow Liverpool, they follow Man U, but they've never been to games before, right? Mm. They've not been to a real game. And if they come on a school trip or they come with their karate group or the jiu-jitsu group or with their academy or something, they're with their mates. And you know what? It's a different ball game altogether. Watching yeah. a live game with the crowd. Um, and if the atmosphere is good, you know what I mean? Sometimes... It, We've been, they've been going. Let's be honest, there've been games where at home, where the atmosphere hasn't been great, uh, but majority of the time it's, um, you know, it's, it's good. And and the people that have come, it's it's something, it's an eye opener for them. Yeah. And then if you make that the norm, so they start coming more. And I'll give you an example. We when we took a, a Sikh temple from Borsalif to the game, 
we took quite a few, we took about 30 um, and they came to the game and most of the kids, they hadn't been before. And we sat with them, we watched the game and the the best thing was we, we beat Norwich 3-0 and Clayton Donaldson scored. A couple I of remember goals. that game because I was on holiday <laughs> and I was like, of course Blues go and yeah, win 3-0 when I'm on holiday. <laughs> um, then when we got back, I actually went to the temple. Um, I went to the temple uh, the following day and, yeah. um, and I went there and some of the moms came up to me and said, oh, my child had an amazing day. They had a lovely day. It was brilliant. Can they go again? Where can I buy the shirt? How do you get tickets? Do you have to sign up to something? Do you have to be like, for example, do you have to be on a database, a member or something to buy a ticket? Can you just, you know, they're asking me all the questions that I actually, I, I want it to be, this is great. I was like, yeah, fantastic. This is what I want to hear. So some of those kids, yeah, they might have like um, a manu shirt or something, but you can work on them because once they've been, once they've been and they've had a group trip, it's just different. And, and they, they need that opportunity. You've got to give them that opportunity. I mean, once you pick a side, when you proper pick a side and you, you're devoted, you don't change the team. You, uh, no. You, no. Know, um, you, you don't, you, you stick with it. So you can still work, you can still work on people. And, you know, and the other thing is you got that added bonus, it's your local team. So you might have a soft spot for another team or something, but it's your local team and you can go and support them anytime. And then you can be part of something special, you know, so, and you enjoy those wins. Yeah. Um, you know, the crazy wins, the, the good wins as well that we've had, the mad wins when you didn't expect us to beat certain teams and when we've had to win a game to get promoted or, you know, just things like that. So, yeah, definitely. And, so, and, that, and, and so, so just, just, what are your plans? Because obviously it's been it's been yeah. tough for well, it's been tough for everybody, hasn't it? You know, oh, can't get yeah, to the game. Um, so what, what have you, have you, are you going to really? Because I'm guessing that you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, start next season we'll be back to some sort of normality. Some whatever. normality. So are you are you sort of gearing up for a you know your next sort of push and trying to get the the next generation of Blues fans sort of exposed to who and what we are we'll carry on doing what we do um i think when we're able to and groups are comfortable to start attending games and we can actually go to matches and things like that we'll carry on we'll just keep doing that um not sure what league we're going to be in hopefully we're still going to be in the championship and things like that so um we'll see we might have a few more tickets to give away if we get to league one (laughs) yeah i mean i mean thing is we were talking about allocation we were talking about allocation but even now in the championship, we still got spare seats. So okay. the clubs will, the, the, the Blues will always have an allocation that um, will get, will get, get off saying given away. They, they, they actually distribute them to schools yeah. and, and those kind of community groups. We just sometimes make it easier by telling the club, there's this community group or they, they want to come. And then we try and make it happen. Like, okay, guys, I mean, I'm going to just ask you a question. So for example, um, I'm not going to knock ballet or anything, but let's just say, John, Tom, you're not into ballet, but I've, I've been given tickets. So someone might invite, so for example, someone might invite you to the ballet and you're thinking, nah, I don't fancy, it's not really for me. So the club may be in that similar position where they're giving out these, uh, they're giving out tickets to um, schools, for the schools to distribute to the children, yeah. to, to various clubs with, within their community network, within the, the, the Blues Community Trust through, through their network. You're giving out tickets and some of the people that you, you're looking at from ethnic minority backgrounds as well, they're going to be apprehensive because of the things we talked about earlier. You know, they might yeah. be afraid, they might be thinking. And these are the things that came out of 
the you know so you asked the question what came out of the meeting yeah safety the the misconceptions um is it you know will there's you know we hear about racism all the time on tv on social media why would i want to subject myself to coming to a game and possibly getting sworn at or getting yeah. something thrown at me or why do i want to be in that you know why um so that's what we're trying to really deal with that's that's what we're i think with. you're also battling a misconception of blues fans oh, as yeah. well yeah. not not yeah. only football fans but blues fans yeah. in particular because i do think um I, I think a lot of other football clubs probably frown upon us a bit we are we are a bit of kind of the the mill wall of the midlands in that regard mm. um but but you say you say that tom i mean Millwall and Gotta be careful that you know. I, I, I'm speaking in general terms. I'm not speaking in, in okay. definitive. But you know, if you look at our lot, and when you call Zulus, that that's quite, you know, it's a hard name to shake <laughs> off. Um, you know, Zulu, I, I get called that when I'm on holiday. When, yeah, I mean, when I got my blues top on holiday, someone's gonna see me on holiday, and I've got my blue shirt, and they're gonna call me. Oh, there's a Zulu there. Yeah, I mean, blue, blue, I mean, Zulu by definition is an African warrior. So and you know, from a racial point of view, the nice, nice way of putting it, you know. So um, it's very powerful, you know. Yeah, right? and, and I think the makeup of the the Zulus going back back into yeah, is it was everybody. It wasn't. I mean, Millwall multicultural firm. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a multi. Absolutely mm-hmm. right, multicultural firm. It was, yeah. and and you know that's and don't get me wrong. You know, it's not the story that you want to be telling in schools. However, it, it does say that it's, it's still an example. Yeah, all the way through the club, whether it's the the interesting element or the people that go on a Saturday afternoon just to watch the game, it's just throughout the club. It's really diverse. Whether it's the nutters or the normal people, it's I mean, exactly it's about history. It's part of our history. So, and it's something we're always going to be associated with. Um, but I think people, you got to give them the opportunity to try it. Yeah. And yeah. what we do is just make it easier. So if I talk about the, the ballet example, John, you're not interested. Tom, you're not interested. But then if I turn it into a trip and say, well, I'm going to go. Uh, I'll take my partner. You guys come bring your partner. Bring whoever you want. And we'll have a good time. You know, we'll make a night of it. We'll do something. Yeah. So then it's like, it, it makes it easier. And I'll say, listen, this is where you need to park. This is where we need to, we'll get there this time. We might even meet this person. I know there's celebrities are going to turn up and they, this is where they usually drink we'll go and say hello da, 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 da. in a football sense we do that we tell them where they because some if you don't tell them and you just give them tickets they'll turn up at three o'clock and not realize they see a big queue so yeah. you need to talk to them you've got to engage with this with, with with people who haven't been before so it's a case of we'll sit with you we'll explain what some of the songs and the chants mean um the best one i got is when when i talk to kids and i tell the kids it says kids um you might hear, I says, is, and I ask them the question, I says, kids can ask you something. I'm like, yeah, what, what, um, yeah, what is it? And I said, well, is it okay to swear? And they're like, no, no, it's not all right to swear. I was like, are you sure it's okay to swear? Can you swear at school? No. Can you swear at home? No. Is it all right to swear though? And they're like, no. I says, well, have you ever heard daddy or mommy in the car swearing when some cars cut them up or something and they're like yeah all of them put their hands up i said well that's what happens at a football match so, <laughs> so when that's a football, great example so I said, when you're at a football match, i said when you're at a football match and you may hear a swear it's not at you it's not at the players it might be it might be the referee because they've made a bad decision and that people are angry 
yeah just the same as that sort of the the car incident you know being cut up and stuff and they like oh, and you could see the mums and dads on just cracking up they're just like when they're listening to it but you know you you got to be realistic i mean thing is you if you're looking for trouble you'll find it at a football ground you know any any stadium you go to um even norwich <laughs> you'll find trouble if you went to yeah, norwich. anywhere like anywhere anywhere but you know if you come in you want to watch a football game support your team have a good time then that's that's what we're about and and we make it easy we make that we facilitate that make it easy we liaise with the club get the groups to come get to experience it and then we introduce them to people at the club so that they can form their own relationships and uh, sort of think yeah we want to come again so they don't have to come through us and some of the, yeah. the groups that we have brought they then signed up to the ticket incentive scheme and they did trips of their own and yeah. they, they, you know they, so it has worked yeah it really has worked brilliant so, and and you've recently done um a sort of a documentary. Do you, do you want to just sort of uh, t- tell us tell us about that and how that sort of came to pass? And yeah, you know? sure. Um, well, well, first of all, I mean, it was uh, the rate the documentary was called "Tackling Racism." It was by yeah. Mike, Mike Richards, and that was something that Sky Sports put together. Well, sorry, not Sky Sports. That was Sky Documentary, uh, yeah. so it's one of the Sky channels. And um, we were approached by Kick It Out to say we'd like you and your father. We know the work you do. Obviously, we work closely with them, but we want to give an account of some of the good work that's been um, just done within football yeah. but from a fan's point of view. Um, and we were like, we weren't going to say no then. So we thought, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, great, we'll do it. Didn't know, we at the time, we didn't know who else was going to be involved, but we were told Gary Neville was going to be involved. Okay. Well, So we only knew about Mike Richards and Gary Neville being involved. They kept all that detail away from us and um, it was almost like, uh, yeah, so we initially had a chat with the producers over a Zoom call. Um, then they told us that, yeah, we, they asked us quite a few questions, really, and what our thoughts were. And, and then, then they invited, yeah, then, they, then I think near, closer to the time when, when they did the filming, they said, are you available to do the filming? And then um, we just liaised with the club and they allowed it to happen. So we was able to then, you know, and it, you know what, it was weird because we haven't been, to say Andrews for so long. So it was just such a nice opportunity. I was going to say, it must have been a good feeling. And got a walk in and it's like, oh, you know, just, oh, you know, it just, it was just something. And, and you know, it was empty. So it was just literally Mike Richards, my dad, me walking through, we were walking into the ground and then we sat in the um, the cup where the executive sit, where club, you know, where the club class area is. Yeah. yeah. So we were just there and um, yeah, it was just, it felt good to be there. Um, and it was a bit of a distraction, so it was weird because we were, we were being interviewed, but we were just taking it in that, oh, we're back. It's weird that, you know, through this opportunity, we were able to come back to the ground. And yeah. then we spent, yeah, so we had, it was it was very, I mean, what you see with Michael Richards on TV is what you get. Yeah. Um, he's very open, very honest, um, and I don't know, I mean, our segment on the documentary was three and a half minutes, when we actually spent about five and a half hours with him filming, so we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of issues, um, probably some of the stuff that you want to touch, like talk about later today. Yeah. Um, and he asked quite a few, like how we formed and our views on various things and maybe possible solutions and if we gave guidance and things like that. And so it was good. Um, and then we we had a bite to eat. I think people have seen the documentary then could say we went to our local um, and we just we just gave him access to our lives and what we yeah. do how we do it and and what we do on a regular basis you know when when 
on the assumption that we're back in the ground and you know we do everything's normal again. And um, it gave us some it, another massive platform, great exposure. Uh, and then we only watched. I watched the documentary the morning it came out, so that's my first time. I didn't even see any edits or anything, so I was always I weren't sure how it was going to come out because we did speak about a lot of things that didn't get covered, um, yeah. and we didn't know who the other people were. So when you think of they had Andy Cole, um, they had Chris Hutton, uh, Paul Elliott, they had quite a few few people in there. Um, so I, I'm just grateful that they thought of us. To be honest, I mean. If you think about it, they could have asked any. They could have asked any supporters group. There's loads. There's loads of groups like us doing good work around the country for yeah. their respective clubs, and and then they asked us. So um, very grateful for that opportunity, and hopefully we um, we did have uh, you know the feedback we got from our own fans and just the football in general was brilliant. Um, my phone didn't stop for probably a couple of weeks after constantly. Um, and people who then saw the documentary later got in touch and said what brilliant work and yeah so as long as um, you know whatever we do we represent Birmingham City Football Club you know yeah. we, we don't work for Birmingham City Football Club we are passionate real genuine fans season ticket holders you know not just like to go like to see our little group of you know that we normally see and how we get together so um, so that's yeah so that, that that's the documentary in itself so we, we just we didn't anticipate how big that was going to be and then obviously then the promo and everything that sky put behind it and everything and it was just just massive so um, but so i mean on that um again pro- probably a good good time to to sort of talk about i think racism well it's not necessarily racism in the game i just, i think for me the the biggest challenge that I don't know. I don't think it, it's not just it's not just football. It, it, it's just in general, and I think yeah. it's very much around social media and of course, yeah, and, and and people that are anonymous that get brave and just you know they're just absolute the lowest of the low. I mean, again, I mean from the work that you do, it does nothing for the the stereotype, <laughs> does it? No. I mean, because all you hear is. And rightly so, he should have profile. Yeah. But but it it's sort of I, I said it on the last pod, these people are the mine. Ironically, they're a minority now. Yeah, they are, they are. Um yeah. and, and it's how, how do we yeah, it'd be good to get your, your thoughts. How, how do we how do we change it? How how can we as as a not just blues, but let, let's look after number one. Let, let let's yeah. and I have to say at Birmingham, yeah, we're like, I've never ever ever heard any racism at all at Blues. I haven't. I'm not saying it doesn't exist because there's always an element. There is. There's a, there's an element. There. But I I will give you an example. I mean, I, I was speaking to um, one of the, the the diversity group members, and I was saying to them, at Birmingham City, it's not cool to be racist. No. Nothing cool about it. You're you're going to get shot down straight away. Yeah. I don't mean literally, but people will... You're probably going to get filled in. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're not going to get away with it at Blues. No. You know, if you've got any kind of racist sort of uh, intentions or motivated in that sense to do something or say something, you're not going to get away with it. Um, and it's not... When I say something, obviously, it's not a cool thing at all. But you're at the wrong club. You know, if, if, you're gonna, if you think you're going to sit coming to a game sit next to fans and supporters and say what you want 
uh, unfiltered, it's not going to happen. No. And if it does happen, stewards, the fan, ba- the fan base, forget stewards, the fan base would sort it out between them. You yeah. know, we'd sort yeah. it out amongst us. And and that's that's the thing where at Blues, especially our city, Birmingham, we we um, we're lucky in that we we've got that. I mean, now look at Jude Bellingham at Blues. You know, he's everyone loves him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he's had any of this kind of exposure, uh, this negative, uh, these messages and everything that he's had. And then look what's happened. Like he's played for England, he's playing Champions League football, and he's getting some disgusting messages on social media directed at him, his colour, his mom, And it, it's disgusting. And he's not the only one. Other players are getting it. And it's, it's almost like you're feeling it's like, there's always going to be that we stand by or we stand with, you know, that message that we support them. Yeah. Um, I think personally, I think the, you know, like legislation, it's not tough enough because now I'll give you an example. Like I'm, I'm just going to give you an example. So Thomas, right. Let's just say um, I live next to you. Right? Yeah. Right, I live next to you and you come to my house and you put some hate mail, actually literally through the door and I've got CCTV. It catches you. I report you to the police. Police are going to sort it out. You know, you're probably going to get a caution. You're going to get told off. Um, they, they treat it as a crime. Well, yeah. what's the difference between you doing that, but then you posting something about me on social media and saying the same message? Right? It's the same. It's the same. But the, the, the penalties, the punishment isn't. So, and, and the other thing is, it's like, I've got proof that you just posted it. The social media companies, they're going to say, oh, um, you know, people can use, um, it's like they can give someone a temporary ban on social media, yeah. set up another account from somewhere else in someone else's yeah. name. So how do you regulate that? Then you I think look there at, needs to be a verification process yeah. for stuff like that. I'm glad you said it because I think, I think um, people talk about free speech, but then there's there's the, the hate messages and that, which then you can say it's a hate crime and um you know it's just uh it's just not acceptable um you know we don't accept it in society we don't accept it in the workplace we don't accept it in schools um i think like with my own kids um my kids don't see different people they just got their friends you know they're growing up and they just they've got friends from from their classroom yeah you know if i try and sit there with my little kids and try and talk to them what race they won't even know what it means because they just they've got their friends they've got their friend who's black they've got their friend who's white they've got a friend who's chinese you know, they go to a school and they're just friends with people. That's it. That's all it is. So, you know, the utopia is the, the younger generation will improve things and it'll get better. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, that, the utopia is we get to that point where when they get older, it's sort of, it, it's, 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 it's never going to, you know what, it's never going to go away. But um, it's just how we, how we respond to it. And I think legislation definitely needs to change. There's, there's got to be punishments involved. And technology, the, the, the technology firms and stuff, the social media giants, they need to look at their algorithms and things like that as well. Um, like now you guys, I mean, you're on social media, you got a massive following. If you see something straight away, someone someone puts a stupid comment, you're going to take it down straight away. You're not going to mess about it. Yeah. You're not going to allow that on your platform. And likewise, we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't, we see, we see messages and stuff. We, I mean, look, we're in a look, we're in a good position that we don't, we never have to really. We don't get many. I think. I think when we won the award, we got a few bad, bad comments and stuff. But it's you know it's like two bad comments compared to probably like a thousand comments that you've got 
from yeah. you know from good people wishing you well. So you can't let them you can't let it win. But I think at the same time, education. You know what? You're going to hear that word a lot when it comes to racism because I've I've met friends. Well, I say friends. I've I know people. I sadly, you know, I know people that have been on marches and things like that in their younger days. It wasn't um, that long ago. Blues did a march against racism. Yeah, you know. You know. So I know people who've, but I know I know people who've been on other marches where you've got links to sort of right wing groups and things like that, mm. um, and they've changed their perception of everything they've been sort of they've oh, um how do you call it they've like you know like re- rehabilitated in, in a yeah. sense they've, they've opened their eyes they've learned that what they were doing was wrong so you've got to you know if you're talking about education you have to give people the opportunity to, to be able to change yeah as well so and i know people who you know i won't mention names or anything like that but i i do know i know people who you know they've um you know, they had their links in the past, but they've changed. You know, they end up doing good work with community groups now and various things now, and they've moved on. So they they've changed. They they've seen the error of their ways, and they've changed. So you have to have that belief and can't give up that hope. Um, so it's easy to say, oh, it's never going to go away. It's not going to. But what we can do is still be the best that we can be, and just make sure the young the younger generation, our children, when they get bigger, they you know, they, they, they can completely just um, kill it off. Like they don't, they just, they have their friends and they don't really, you know, they, they, they might not even know what, why, why, is, why are people being looked at differently? Why are people treated differently? So, um, but I think if I can answer your question, I, I would say it's definitely, we've got to carry on. We can't stop it. There's momentum. So we have to keep doing things. We have to be proactive. Yeah. And it's something I remember what Gary Neville also said as well. He said, and, and I've been in that situation myself when uh, at workplace companies and stuff, not at Blues, but I've been out on a night out with works colleagues and someone said something, they've made a racist remark. And and then your your friends or the people you're with, they'll say to you, and Gary Neville said the same thing. He said about one of the players with like Raheem Sterling when he had when he had some remarks and he was in a bad place and he was talking and he was like, just get on with it, don't worry about it, focus on your football, da 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 da. And in, my, in, in real life example, for myself, it, I've had people say things to me. Um, I've been with my workmates and then my workmates says, oh, don't worry about it. That's, you know, so yeah. it's, it's everybody just needs to be aware. If you're aware of it, uh, you know, you've got that empathy as well with it. So be aware that it's not just a simple solution to say to someone, don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's nothing. Because the person that the, the victim who's felt it, they're feeling the hurt from it. So what, what, what tends to happen as well now, um, your friends feel it too, because their mates just some, you know, their mates been abused, you know, yeah. whether it's a homophobic comment, whether it's a racist comment, um, a hate crime, your mate, right? Because someone's, someone's upset your mate, and that's all it should be really, that you, you feel it then because your mate has been, so that's, you know, just on that level, I mean, it's probably not going to go into too much detail, but I think... I think people just need to be aware that, that you know it's it's there, it exists, and there's people who would always then say to you, um, "Oh, we're all equal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's nothing." But then you you need to open your eyes a little bit and see what's going on and how other people are impacted by it. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I think two two big points for me personally that frustrate me most about the whole situation 
um, is definitely, I'd say the first thing was that it's certainly a minority, um, but it's a minority that isn't going to go away for a long time, but it will be, yeah. you know, made smaller uh, by, you know, taking action against it, uh, like like you guys are and uh, plenty of other people are and just raising awareness and stuff. But the other thing that saddens me sometimes is the people who aren't part of that minority and would never think about being racist uh, live in that kind of yeah. constant fear or worry because they say you wanted to say something, but you weren't sure whether it was the right thing to say. Um, and it might be completely fine, but they, they kind of live in that fear of, can I say that um, sort of thing? Yeah. And I think there needs to be help for people in a sense that need need people need to understand a correct way of uh, addressing things or speaking about things. Cause I do think a lot of people in the current generation worry whether something is okay to say, and it might not be kind of ra racist or anything at all. It might not even be anywhere near that. Exactly. And some they want clarification. Yeah, there definitely well, needs to be that more kind of extra clarification. It's, just, it's, it's a shame to see people, people worry. Mm. People like Michael Johnson, uh, ex-Blues uh, defender. You know, he's 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 a very good speaker, a very good advocate. Um, he would say, you know, he, he'd be the first to say something like, it's the awkward conversations that uh, we're all having, you know, so if it feels awkward, have the conversations, don't worry about it, you know, there shouldn't be the repercussions of having the conversations, if anything, it will enlighten people, it'll educate them, yeah. um, and it's good that then sometimes you talk to your friends and you talk to your network and how can I make a difference as well, what can I do, how can I be an ally, and if anything, it's the more allies you have, um, that's that's the best thing. Um, it's the integration part as well. Um, there's typically, you know, there's that generation gap as well. So you know, you, you touch upon generation. We're hoping the next generation will improve and get better. Um, generations probably from my dad's era. Some of them probably not as flexible with their thoughts and their thinking. But in time, you can change your views. I mean, sometimes people's kids can say, "Dad, you can't say that," or "You can't," you know, just yeah, um, you know. It's the tongue, it's because it's a generation thing. So you have to you have to be aware that these things are here, but talking about it isn't a bad thing. So it's just a case of making sure you have those conversations. And, and it is an awkward conversation. You know what? It's an awkward conversation. How do you address, how do you say to someone like, um, oh, if, oh, someone says that, is that offensive? Or is that, you know, can I, am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say colored? Or am I like, you know, yeah. these are the kind of conversations that people are having now in the workplace as well. But the thing is, you, I mean, John, you was talking about like this is a bigger scale. You say this is a society yeah. issue, but the thing that football plays is the one thing that the football has is that it's got the power, massive power to unite people, and, exactly. and that's why that's why it can bring it bring people together, um, and that's why it, it creates a powerful movement. So you know, for example, when players come out publicly that this has happened, it's when when then you, you get the backlash from people to say. This ain't on. This isn't acceptable. Um, so you know you can't stop. You just—it's at a place where it's—it's going to be. There's, there's going to be a lot of pressure, especially. I mean, from a social media point of view, there's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot more pressure from those companies now, yeah. because if they start losing superstars on their social media platforms that are generating income for for them, yeah. then that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt their pockets. So the sad—I mean, it's sad that it's a—it's a financial thing, but. 
they're going to yeah. hurt financially and they're going to have to then respond and do something. And then when you change legislation, if you can make the punishment more tougher, um, if you can improve the technology, so you, and, and you know, you're saying maybe limited. I mean, I've, I've heard discussions about passports being used and ID being used to log in an account and I'm not sure how feasible that is in this stage of where we are in terms of technology and everything, but I don't know how you regulate that, but it's, um, you know, I don't have a magic wand. <laughs> no, I, I, to be honest, I, I think it's, I think it'd be difficult for the likes of Twitter tends to be probably the, the most, you know. The, oh, it's evil on its day. Yeah, it is oh, evil. Yeah. I mean, and they're probably too far the other way, but there's nothing to stop a new social media platform where it's basically to, to get an account, you, you're effectively like taking out a loan. So you have to go through all the checks. Your address has to be verified. Everything's got to be absolutely nailed down because then I can guarantee you yeah, they're not gonna... that if that was the case, you wouldn't get that person that abused Jude Bellingham. You wouldn't get that lad who went to court uh, for abusing Ian Wright and got yeah. basically nothing, nothing. And, but... and it's like... I, I don't understand, apart from, you're right, apart from the financial implications of going through this new sort of onboarding process, for want of a better phrase, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? Because it, it, it's, in, like you said, in society, if anybody directly racially abuses anybody, then they're, in the, they're seriously in the shit now, and rightly so. So the only, the, there's only the bastion of everything racial, if you want to be that way, is social media. So we've got to clean that up because yeah. then you take the voice away, everything changes. And, and, I, and I, I think I said on the, on the pod the other week, when the lad from um, Rangers, um, Kamara got abused yeah. in the Europa League and what Scott Brown did, I mean, bearing in mind, Rangers are just about to, well, they've won the league yeah. at, you know, they're at Celtic yeah. Park and the, and the, and the skipper, of Celtic yeah. goes over to. I mean, that for me, yeah. it just speaks volumes about Scott where Brown is at. Mr. Celtic as well. So, <laughs> oh God, I mean, it just you <laughs> never ever, ever yeah. would think but, that would happen. But, yeah. but so I think but you're right. There, there, there is this momentum that yeah. feels like there's this motivation for everybody to really drive I mean, this I like, home. Just becoming an ally, making sure you know what you look after your mate. And yeah, you know, and just and the, the support's there. Um, I mean, I wouldn't if I'm on a night out and I'm, you know, for example, I'm with one of my female colleagues and some and someone says something, I'm not going to let anything happen to her. I'm not going to let anything happen to my friends, and I don't think you will, uh, Tom, or, or you, John. No. Um, so I think it's just a case of you just make sure you stand up. Yeah, you just yeah. stand up against it, and um, and and don't be afraid. That, you know, if you're not sure, don't be afraid. Talk to people. I mean. Talk to people like us. Talk to people. Talk to your neighbours. Talk to your friends. Um, talk to you. People will appreciate it a lot more that you know you're having an open conversation and say, "Yeah, well, this is this is what's said." I mean, there's a lot of things that I talked about that didn't get included in the documentary. All the things I've experienced or what I've witnessed at football. Yeah. So that, that didn't get covered, but um, you know, it hasn't stopped me. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't stopped me, and I still come, you know, I still come to games i still watch football i'm still encouraging other people to come and, and enjoy it yeah. so i'm not gonna let <laughs> you 
ignorant people, small-minded people with you know a few comments here and there because it's just a minority. So I'm not going to let it um, beat me, and and I, and I don't want players either to sort of. But we need to help. We just need to make sure we support them um, and that we listen to them as well because you just don't want to dismiss it like you're someone on. And it's quite common. There's sometimes you, you see on so I mean Tom, you're active on social media, so you you might see where people put some negative posts and so uh, on and tweets and things or oh, not this again or oh yeah da, 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 da. And, you know I, I mean I, I'll give you an example when when the club if we do a if the club puts a, a announcement I don't mean a matter like a celebration like we've got Christmas we've got St George's Day um, yeah. where we've got Easter we've got the some Sikh festivals Hindu festivals Islamic festivals and it's Eid or Ramadan the minute you get you, the minute you get ones that are ethnic minority, you see some stupid comments. You see yeah. some stupid faces, um, and you know. So it's it's always going to be a minority. I mean, you get loads of good, nice messages and nice comments, and um, but you you know what do we do about those people? What do we do? I mean, if someone puts an angry face, and then you get someone calling them out. Why why the angry face? Yeah. You know what? And then you see it. You see sometimes you look at the discussion. How but... does that post affect them? That's always been my thought. Like, why does that post affect you personally? Because that 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 post about someone else's religion and celebrating it, I don't understand how someone could be offended by celebrating something like that. It's it's kind of like you don't need to take any notice of that. You yeah. you don't need to. So why post the hate to it in the, I just. Uh, I mean, like, do you see it yourselves? Have you seen it yourselves? Like, oh yeah. I, I don't post. see it on Blue's Twitter so much, but I've seen it on other kind Maybe of. Maybe on the, I see more on the Facebook pages. So on the, the Facebook, Facebook pages. Something, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, so it's just, I, I'm proud that my club posts those tweets out because we've got fam, you know, we've got fans from different backgrounds and different communities. And then they appreciate that. Yeah. My club has sent me, a happy Vasaki message or yeah. uh, Eid Mubarak message or something. Um, I find that educational because I think, uh, not going to lie to you, some of the celebration tweets they've posted, I didn't know the yeah. thing. Like it's... A few times I've had to comment as well. Like I put a bit in to say, or but you see other people put comments in as well. Other, other fans, they'll just say, thanks, Blues. This is what it is. Uh, you know, so they'll respond to some of the comments and stuff. But... We're getting better, but I mean, more and more clubs now are doing that. You see, so they're celebrating other faith festivals too, and and, and long may it continue. It's good. Yeah, I mean. and I think you know that it's ironic, really, isn't it? That being whether it's a blues fan or a football fan, but if if we just focus on on blues, yeah. it is a religion. Any, any everything you, yeah. you whatever whatever religion that you subscribe to. <laughs> you know, this is it is it's every facet, every single facet of a religion is supporting a football club, and, and, and it overarches everything else. Because, and I, and I think, you know, for me, I'd much rather have a pack to the rafters blues um, crowd every single game. We're talking about, you know, how many fans do we get in? Yeah. I want them. I want as many people in, and, and building that atmosphere. You know. And, and I think hopefully we'll get to a point where when you walk, when you go in city centre ball ring or when you go and when you, when you just liaise with different groups and people or schools and things like that, you can say to them, oh yeah, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Have you been to the blues? Have you, have you ever been to the, and then, yeah, I went with my mum and dad or I did. And that's where, 
really that's where the club want to be. They want to be in that situation where yeah, you own that monopoly as well because we've got other clubs with a lot of money, like um, obviously that team down the road. You've got that team in West Brom. And trust me, they, they are trying to tap into our territory because yeah. when I'm reaching out to them. They're already been they're, they're getting invitations now as well. So it's not just our academy players and things like that. It's, it's actually our potential fan base. Yeah. So, um, you know, so there's people that I brought to St Andrews like as a group. The, we've we've um, we've had people visit St Andrews and then they said, oh yeah, we also got an invite for Villa, but none of us really like them. So they just you know, so we didn't go. But yeah. they are they are working. So it's uh, you know the the neighbourhood is getting bigger in that sense, and yeah. they are trying to as a club those guys are trying to tap into our territory and I'm not going to let that happen. Well, no, I mean, and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and as we say, when Grealish is on his way at the end of the season, then, uh, yeah, I, I would say they'll be in the championship in the, in the not too distant. So, yeah, but just, just get, as we touch on and, and just sort of wrapping it up as we mm-hmm. sort of touch on, on, on back to, back to football, back to, back to the blues. Yeah. More so positive note. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, mean, I think all this is positive. I think having the co- having the conversation is positive. No, thank you. You know it, it is, and and make the work you do fair play. And and I, you know, definitely on behalf of all Blues fans, it, it is vital what you're doing. It is absolutely vital, uh, and it's easy. Like I said, you know, in, in this sort of, I think there's a, a groundswell of people that want to do the right thing. Where well, you've been doing the right thing for a long, long time, you, you're ahead of the curve. So you know, every every Blues fan's massively proud of the work you guys do. Um, and and I, but on that, I, I want a prediction before you go. What the bloody hell's going to happen now in the next eight games? Are, are we going to stay up? What, what what do you think? I think we're, we're, I, I'm always going to be positive. I'm not going to say nah. We're, we're, we're going to stay up, but I think the. The, th- the main games for us, Rotherham's one, Derby and Stoke, they're the games we've got to get. We've really got to, we've got to win them three. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be defined by the other results. So the Swansea game and things like that. Yeah. But if we can take points off Rotherham, if we can get some against Stoke um, and actually beat Derby, then, then we'll know we'll be in a better position. And I just think now we've got that... Um, that enthusiasm again. We've had that yeah, yeah. new yeah. coming in, um, and it's he gets us, doesn't he? He gets he, yeah. he gets he gets yeah. the fan base. He knows the club, and I think that, I mean he's a he's a football manager that will come in, and and I think he'll just look at the situation and he'll look at what he's got. I think the problem with his predecessor, uh, he has his set way of playing. And yeah. he's trying to get our guys, our current staff, the current players, to play to his way, and it just didn't work. It wasn't working. We lost the identity. We just didn't we look like a threat anymore in some games, um, and it just felt pedestrian pace at, yeah. at times. When I think most you typical fans know what's needed, especially with the squad that we've got. You know, if we've got um, million dollar players scattered in that team, we kind of know. But we, we need we need work workhorses at the moment to get us through, just get us over the line. Yeah. Um, I think he will assess, I mean, and you, we have to trust his judgment. He knows League One and he knows the championship. And I think he's very astute as well. So I think he will have the ability to to get some players that probably within our budget that will come and make a difference. And I know straight away 
he'll make us a more whatever happens next season, he'll make us a more um pacier team, yeah. more of an aggressive team, somewhere we can get up the pitch really quick as well. So I don't know how the style of football, I don't know what he's going to adopt because you have to base it on the players you got. But I really think if we can get the results from those three games, we'll be okay. I think, yeah. um, and I'd rather have the points in the bag than be Rotherham shoes because Rotherham have got, I think, well, how many games? They've got four games or something in how many days? Four Two games. They've got four and eight days. Yeah, four and eight days. And if, you, if you're, if it's going bad, you know, like if say they, 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 if they lose a couple, then it's against them. If they win a couple, then they start getting momentum and maybe it's not such an issue because they've got a couple of points into it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that their results don't go their way. But I'm trying to look forward, like look ahead. I'm trying to hopefully we'll bring Coventry and Derby into the mix. Yeah. Oh, I'd love it if Derby went down. I hate Derby so much. I, I, I say this on every single podcast. I hate Derby for County Football Club. I just, oh. It's because I, I went to a school in uh, Burton and the majority yeah. of... Um, the Derby fans or a few Brewers fans, but mostly Derby. I mean, even when I was younger, primary school, like you mentioned about, you know, your ticket scheme, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd get constant free tickets to go <laughs> to Derby County. No, mate, it's not. It's it's yeah. not. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I hope they go down. Uh, just so I can laugh at my mates like they've been laughing at me recently. So um, here we are. I'm not as generous as you. I don't. I just. I. I don't care who goes down as long as, <laughs> as yeah. long as it's not us. Oh yeah, same. I. I'd, yeah, I'd love it if Rotherham or Coventry went down instead of us. But I. I'd love it. Just that extra little bit for me if Derby went down instead. I don't know, it might feel a bit strange if Cobb went down, um, because yeah. of the you know just the ties with Blues and playing there and stuff and. You know, it does feel weird, but at the same time, they they finish above us and we end up being in trouble. But I guess, um, no, I'm I'm optimistic that Lee Bowyer is going to... I think the timing of the international break has been great. Yeah. Because now he's going to... I mean, the good thing is, I think they put, they, they had the, the under-23 game recently, so he's given a few other players, the first teamers, a run out. He also, I mean, a lot of people knock San Jose... And he's given, um, he gave him a run out as well uh, in the last the last game. So he played a little bit, and so I think he, he's doing the whole thing. He's, um, I think, you know, you never, the, man ever management, the other man management part of it is do he's doing the whole thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's looking after everybody, so he's not making them feel isolated or left out. Because it's probably easy to point fingers and start victimizing him, and just really just get him out of the squad. Same with someone like Clayton. Um, Adam Clayton doesn't look fit to me. Um, he looks like no, no. looks like um, he, you know, he just looks like someone who's hasn't had a preseason or anything, and he just like he's fallen out of the boozer. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Tom. But I just, I think um, you know, there's there's certain players that aren't now. We know what our, I think. We're very close to knowing what our first team eleven. Most of us can guess. Yeah, yes, most Blues fans who are well informed and, and been watching the games, they'll know what uh, twelve. 12, 13 players need to be each week going into this run, um, this, you know, this running now. And we'll, we'll probably be, if you pick your 11, Tom, you pick your 11, I pick mine, we'll be pretty much the same. Virtually the same. And I think, Definitely. I think um, we, all, we all know we need wide men. We know Bella needs to be playing. <laughs> 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 no, Sanchez needs to be playing. Um, but, um, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I mean, one game at a time. If we can get something against Swansea, if we can, you know, Great, if we can get a point or something, it's a, it's a start. But I don't think those games are gonna. And I don't think the Watford game is the one that's gonna. You know, obviously we've yeah. lost now, but that's not. The, we actually still played well, in fairness. So 
I've not seen us play where our heads... I've not seen us this season. That's the one time where normally you think it's going to be an avalanche now. We're going to just cave in. And yeah. they're going to just cane us. It could have been a cricket scoreline. But we didn't let our heads drop. And um, we, you know, we kept just... Kept right until we, the end of the road. We just kept going. We kept going and we were pushing for it. We were pushing them. Mm. So that was good to see. Um, and that's it. I mean, I didn't actually... Did, did you guys feel bad after we lost 3-0? No. That performance... Not at all. No, I didn't. I was like, well, we rolled that one off to begin with, but at least they put a, you know, at least they tried. We had, a, you know, we had a few half chances. We had some good chances. It was promising. More of a threat. We should have, yeah. you know, maybe from the corners could be better. I mean, guys, what's wrong with our corners? Why can't we just take corners properly? We don't. It's like we have yeah, a few bad ones. Set pieces. I don't. Uh, I don't no, I piece record's good, right? Don't get me wrong, because we scored a lot of goals, but. How many times when you think the goalkeeper kicks the ball out? So Effridge, when he kicks it out, how many times has he kicked it out of play? How many times when you see corners? So if we have seven, eight corners in a game, three of them we haven't beaten the first man. Yeah. So it's just things like that that hopefully Lee Bowyer will get the improvements out of the rest of the guys and we can we just start getting better. Defending at corners is definitely a massive issue we yeah, have. Yeah, well. uh, and, and I think that with the Watford game, I'm not dis- oh, I certainly wasn't disappointed, but... Yeah. I will be disappointed if we don't learn from the goals we conceded and I'll be disappointed if we don't start to take half chances because we I, I can promise you whether it's Rotherham or Derby, yeah. if we don't take our chance in, if, if we defend naively, it, we're in a bad place. We're in a bad place. But, but I, I, I'm with you. Hopefully, I'm, mass- I'm massively confident. If we beat Derby. I'll be on, I'll be on the piss for a few days. Oh God, I don't imagine <laughs> the pod. We haven't had to get him on the bloody pod for two weeks. Don't <laughs> <laughs> see him. I but I think if we can um, stay up this year, it'll be a massive achievement for Lee Bowyer, and his stock will will have definitely have risen well, in that sense. And hopefully, then he'll he'll you know we just trust him. That we give him the the tools and the right amount of finances he needs to just get and I, and I don't think he's going to be like looking for um, your marquee players either. I think he's gonna he's gonna be able to pick out hidden gems. I mean, we we I always wanted to see another Shea Adams type player, someone with pace you can roll yeah. the ball, and we just never replaced that. I mean, we've got don't don't get me wrong. I mean, Scott Hogan when he was on fire for us, he was great. Um, but he he's not he's not the Shea Adams type player that can pick the ball up. Uh, quite deep and run with it and and, and just cause problems. Um, he, he, you know, he's a predator and we needed to put the ball in the box for him, not him coming deep. And I mean, I'm just saying obvious things that most Blues fans have probably been saying for ages anyway, but um, yeah. hopefully Lee Bowyer will he'll rectify that and um, he'll give the guys confidence and belief and his man management skills will be a lot better. And I touched upon it because I think, you know, having San Jose, they could have just left him out, but he, he gave him a run out against, we'd already lost the game, but he gave him a run out and, and he kept him involved in the under-23s as well. And he probably gave him more of a senior look after the kids. And I think that's really shrewd of him, you know, because he needs a happy camp. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need anyone sulking at the moment. They, they, we're all fight. So, um, and, and you can't, I feel sorry for him because he's come from, you know, the background he's got, how many games he's played. Obviously, he's a talented player, but you're bringing a player like that into the championship and then you're playing him centre-half, then you're playing him midfield, then you're playing him in, you know, part of the three. I don't know. Um... Spanish and Doi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doi's less, less said about Doi the better, to be honest. But <laughs> just, 
Yeah, that well, might be enough bad ones. But... Well, I, I, I think I think we're all uh, we're, we're all sort of um, singing off the same hymn sheet with Bowie. I think I, I think the other thing to your point, Vicky, because he's had that experience in League One. Um, if we do stay up, I think he could find some right gems for us. I, mm-hmm. I think he will be dipping. Whether he'd be back if he goes back to Charlton and tries to maybe fun. coach a couple, or your teams that he's played against and seen some, you know, players that that are going to cut it. I'm all for that. I don't want. I don't want the marquee signings that haven't got anything to prove. We need people that have got a bit of hunger about them. So definitely. let's hope that's the case. 100%, but mate, re- really enjoyed oh, that. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Yeah, it's been re- really good. And you know, um, I look forward to seeing you at St Andrews, mate. Next next season, definitely. We will get to meet up and. Uh, we'll probably be able to do some pre-game and post-game, and I'll let I'll keep you posted. Is anything yeah. happening? I'll keep you, you know. Yeah, please please do. Um, whenever, whenever you need to uh, get a okay. shout out, then obviously oh, we're you. always we're always open for that. So uh, you've got the good work; it's great stuff. So thank you. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll we'll, uh, we'll get us over the line um, yeah. over the next eight games. Can't Tom, be. thank you, mate. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, no All right, <laughs> right. Well, that, that's it. Bit bit different, um, but but you know probably. I would say the most important pod that we've done this season. Um, we, we we have to we have to keep this in in the you know front and center for everybody. Uh, we can't accept what's going on. We, you know we have to make a change, and the more we talk about it, that's how we're going to change things. So um, looking forward to the next game coming up. Um, let, let's hope that Lee. I think there'll be a few changes, and we'll certainly do a pod before the next game and maybe reflect on what's happened before in the first two games of his tenure and what's going to happen over the next sort of eight games. But between now and then, stay safe and keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.